the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. I'm sure you've been asked this before by me because I know I've taught this. What service are you rendering for Christ's church? What do you do? Some of you are extremely active in this church, and others just think that this is a place to come on Sunday and hear the Bible taught. That's not what the New Testament teaches about a church. The New Testament teaches that the church is a body, an active body. God has given you spiritual gifts. And many years ago, a whole lot was made about spiritual gifts. We don't hear as much today. What we do hear today are distortions, I think, about spiritual gifts. But God has given you gifts. And I don't think he's just given one gift to one person. I think he's probably given a combination of gifts in varying degrees. And it's next to impossible to get a precise handle on your gift. I wouldn't even be concerned about getting a precise handle on it. But you could have gifts of teaching and helping and mercy and administration and things of that nature. But the issue is, are you using them to serve the body of Christ? You see, here's the key so that you don't think, well, he's just meddling. He's just nagging. He's just telling us to get in service because he pastors this church and they've got coals to fill in areas. No, that's not why. Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 says that all who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Just live godly in Christ Jesus and it will come to you. You don't need to invite it. However, the reason some of us suffer is because of all kinds of irritating things we do to people. That's not what Paul is talking about though. We have talked about the suffering Paul went through and how even today we are impacted by that. But now we're shifting our focus as we begin to talk about how we can serve in our church. Why is it important for us to be aware of how we can serve? Well, because it is a stewardship of the gifts God has given to us. That's all I'm going to say about that for now, because our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, is ready to start today's verse-by-verse broadcast. How have you suffered for Christ lately? You say, well, how do I suffer? Do I go out looking for trouble? No, no. Some of us do that. We suffer because we're obnoxious not for the cause of Christ. 2 Timothy 3.12 says that all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Just live godly in Christ Jesus. It'll come to you. You don't need to invite it. It'll come to you. Don't be self-righteous in your suffering either. Some of us really suffer because of all kinds of irritating things we do to people. But that's not what we're talking about. You live godly and do things for the sake of God's people and you'll suffer. So why was life so hard for Paul and why should it be hard for us Because Paul suffered for the church. How about you? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to look at this church in a different light and say, I need to be active. I need to be involved. And if it costs me time and money, 
and inconvenience and sleep if it means going to bed late and getting up early and doing that. I ought to do it because that's what the New Testament teaches. It's the second reason we want to just scratch the surface now. Paul suffered for the church, but also the second reason why life was so hard for Paul was that he served the church. He suffered because he served the church. Verse 25, of this church, Paul says, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. If the false teachers at Colossae want to know how Paul could possibly be in prison if his message was from God, then Paul responds by telling them that he's in prison because God has called him to preach a message to Gentiles that got him into a lot of trouble. Paul states at the beginning of verse 25 that God has made him a minister, a minister to the church. And he states at the end of verse 25 that his ministry or service to the church was in the area of preaching the word of God. The main thought of verse 25 is that God has made him a minister, which means a servant. A diakonos, we get our Greek word deacon from that. He's a servant. Paul never volunteered for it. Paul never said, oh Lord, me, I'm here. I want to do this. This is my life's work. He never volunteered for it. He never applied to a pulpit search committee. He was literally on the road to Damascus, not only converted, but he was made at that point a minister to the church by Jesus Christ. The very church that Paul was once intent on destroying, God called him to serve. And he said in that commission, he said, I'm going to send you before kings, before Jewish people, before Gentile people. He was commissioned at that point. Now, it was this service to the church that got him in all kinds of trouble. He suffered for this service. It caused riots in cities. You read the book of Acts. seems like everywhere Paul went, there was a problem. He caused a riot. There was physical pain. In one place, he was left for dead. They were disgusted at Paul. There were government hassles thrown in prison. Then why did Paul continue to serve the church? Why did he do this? Was he a glutton for punishment? Did he say, I like this stuff. It eases my conscience. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel worthwhile. No, no. Let's read verse 25 again. I'll emphasize why. Of this church, I was made a minister. Watch this. This is why. According to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit. That's the key thought here. His service to the church was a stewardship from God. Now, if you use the King James Version, it says the word dispensation. And that may be a little confusing. The Greek word means to manage a household. That's what it means. That's all it means, to manage a household. In other words, Paul's ministry to the church was a task assigned to him by the owner of the church. The church is called the household of God in 1 Timothy 3.15. That's all he's saying. God appointed me the task of taking care of his church, of ministering and strengthening, and I did it. I endured all of this to benefit God's people as I serve the head of the church, Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you a question. I'm sure you've been asked this before by me because I know I've taught this. What service are you rendering for Christ's church? What do you do? Some of you are extremely active in this church, and others just think that this is a place to come on Sunday and hear the Bible taught. That's not what the New Testament teaches about a church. The New Testament teaches that the church is a body, an active body. God has given you spiritual gifts. And many years ago, a whole lot was made about spiritual gifts. We don't hear as much today. What we do hear today are distortions, I think, about spiritual gifts. But God has given you gifts. And I don't think he's just given one gift to one person. I think he's probably given a combination of gifts in varying degrees. 
and it's next to impossible to get a precise handle on your gift. I wouldn't even be concerned about getting a precise handle on it. But you could have gifts of teaching and helping and mercy and administration and things of that nature. But the issue is, are you using them to serve the body of Christ? You see, here's the key so that you don't think, well, he's just meddling. He's just nagging. He's just telling us to get in service because he pastors this church and they've got coals to fill and areas. No, that's not why. See, the reason I think we don't take service seriously is because we don't see our service as being a steward of God. We see it, for example, if there are needs to fill in Christian education for a teacher, we see, oh, they got to have somebody there, so I'm going to do it. No, that's not why we want you to do it. That's not the primary reason. The reason is because you are a steward from God. Now, you may not have been as dramatically converted as Paul in the sense of the drama on the roads of Damascus and a light that is shown around you and commissioned to a task, but you have just as soundly been converted, if you know Christ, as Paul was, and you have just as soundly and clearly been given a ministry. The Bible teaches that. It is a steward of God that you are. Let me just show you why this elevates your service. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, see, you need to see this or else ministry could become a burden to you. Just something that you feel like you have to do. But it's not that at all. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. You know what motivated Paul? Not because he liked everybody in the church. There are probably people he didn't like. But because he realized he was a steward of God, and when you realize you're a steward of God, that will promote faithfulness, integrity, all of those character qualities, because you're not doing it for yourself. You're a steward. You've been assigned a task. Then look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is just consistent with other scriptures. 1 Corinthians 9, 16 and 17. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion. For woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul said, I didn't volunteer. I can't do anything but this. For if I do this voluntarily, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have a stewardship entrusted to me. Paul's not saying he didn't want to do this. He's just saying that God called him to this. And he's a steward of it, and he's compelled to do this. He is driven to do this. And you ought to have that same thing in your ministry. You ought to have a ministry, because you're a steward. And the owner of the church has blessed you with some gifts, and you ought to use it. That is the master's plan, and that is the master plan. And that's why Paul served the church, and that's why we serve the church. You see, to many people, when they come to a church, this is what's paramount on their minds. They think, what has this church got to offer me? That's the wrong question. That's the wrong question. Your biblical question, your biblical response should be, what do I have to offer this church? Where can I serve? Where can I sacrifice? Where can I lay down my life for this ministry? If I believe this church preaches the word of God and I believe that the leadership are men of integrity, then if this is the place for me, then where can I serve? Oh, they have weaknesses? Every church does. You get in there and you serve. Maybe we have weaknesses because you ought to be active, and you're not. we got a few people doing a lot of things, and it weakens the whole body in ministry because some of you are just sitting and doing nothing. Now, two practical truths stand out in my mind about verse 25 and the stewardship and service. Number one is that you do have a gift, and you are to use that gift. I'm talking about whatever age you are, whether you're a young person, or your attitude should not be, what does the youth have for me? Your attitude should be, 
if I'm part of this church, it isn't just mom and dad's church, where should I serve? If you're someone who is older and you've already served in many places, you never retire from the Lord's service. Your attitude should be, what can I do? Not what can I get out of this place socially. How can I serve? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us there are no age limits on this. And by the way, everybody in between ought to be serving too. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. You are called, you are gifted. If you know Christ, you are gifted. And the question may be, well, how do you know where you should serve? After all, this is a pretty large body of believers. How do you know where you should serve? It's the same for all of us. Two things. Number one, desire. Where do you want to serve? Where do you have a desire to serve? Number two, the church needs to affirm that you're a blessing in that area. That's important. I remember the first time when I was a student at Moody, Michelle and I went to a very small church in the suburbs of Chicago. I mean, very, very small. One day, the pastor asked me if I would teach a Sunday school class. I was so nervous. I had never taught before. I thought it was horrible. I thought they'll never ask me to do this again. And afterwards, I had people who came up to me and said, that was good. And you know what my thought was? It was. I was the most surprised. And then a time after that, the pastor was away. He asked me to preach. He talked about being nervous. I remember I wrote everything I knew down. I didn't know anything more. Everything I knew, I told them that day. I remember after that experience, writing down in my Bible that I preached at this church, my first message, and I wrote down, I said, and I still have this Bible, I said, and I survived for 25 minutes. That's all I knew, 25 minutes worth. This was it. But people were blessed, and it was a surprise to me, and I had to examine maybe God had given me the gifts of teaching. See, if you don't serve and do something, you don't know. But there'll be a desire, and there'll be the affirmation of God's people, and that's very important. You see, some people especially in the area of teaching, insist on doing some ministry. You know what? Because God's people are generally very gracious and kind. Very few have the heart and guts to tell somebody, look, you stink at this. You're just bad. You're terrible. You're boring us to tears. Nobody is being blessed. Step down for the sake of the body. And we're usually too kind to do that, but we ought to do that because if we love them, we ought to tell them that's not where you should be serving. Now, you ought to speak the truth in love. So maybe the word stink is not the correct word to use. I'll let you decide what the word to use. I could be real brave in the pulpit here. I mean, what are you going to do? But many times you say, well, they're not a blessing to people. Why do people want to serve in that ministry? Well, because they like the spotlight. They like the attention. And that was the Corinthians' problem, wasn't it? They liked the showy gifts because it got them attention. There are very few people who, if you are in a serving ministry, in a helping ministry, get a lot of attention. You don't usually get thanks. You don't usually get a whole lot of attention. But the teaching, you're in the spotlight. It's very important that God's people affirm if you've got that gift. I would encourage those of you who teach, especially, or have some kind of public ministry, ask those who you know will be honest with you, ask them if they're really gifted in teaching. And then brace yourself for the truth. Because if you're not, you ought to do something else and let somebody else teach. The first truth is you ought to be active. You ought to be involved. You have a gift. 
Go by your desire, and as you serve, see if God blesses. If he doesn't bless and do something else. Second truth I see, service to the church is not for your sake. And that ties in with why people would want the showy gifts. It's not for your sake. It's for the sake of the church. It's not to make you feel good. I don't teach because I feel good. You know what I feel after I teach? Tired. That's what I feel. Emotionally drained. You generally don't want to be around me on Monday. I'm just emotionally drained. It isn't to bring you glory. It isn't for you to get the spotlight. It's to benefit God's people and to bring God glory. First Peter 4 speaks about this. First Peter 4, verse 10. You ought to see this. This is great. As each one has received a special gift, meaning a spiritual gift, employ it in serving, watch, one another. As good stewards, here's that term, stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory, the dominion forever and ever. Amen. You're not part of the picture in terms of doing it for your benefit. It's not to make you feel good. It's for you to be a blessing to others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we just read some of these verses, but he says the same thing. 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, notice verse 7. This is great. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You minister for the benefit of others, not yourself. That's the whole problem that the Corinthians had. And that's why at the end of chapter 12, and this might help you about spiritual gifts and the Corinthians' carnality, at the end of chapter 12, verse 28, he says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. And we're not going into the whole teaching on this. Just in that day and age, there were a variety of ministries. And then he says in verse 29, All are not apostles, are they? They wanted to be apostles, these people, but they weren't. All are not prophets, are they? They wanted to have the prophetic spotlight, but they couldn't. All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? Notice he's speaking about these gifts that would draw attention to yourself. All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? Notice he didn't say all don't have the gift of helps, because this church went into helps. But then watch this, verse 31. It's translated in my version this way. I believe it ought to be translated another way. But earnestly desire the greater gifts. Now that doesn't even make sense. In the Greek language, you could translate it this way, and I believe it should be translated this way because Paul couldn't possibly say, but desire the greatest gifts because that's what they were doing. What he's saying is, you are desiring the greater gifts. You're doing this and I show you a still more excellent way. Let me show you something better than trying to grab the spotlight for yourself. And then he moves into chapter 13. You know what chapter 13 is about? Love. Love does what's best for someone else. That's the whole point of chapter 13. Use your spiritual gift to be a blessing, not to gain attention for yourself. I'm going to show you a better way. This is the better way Love. Edification. That's your motive. So spiritual gifts are never given to build you up. Remember that those of you who know people in the charismatic movement and those of you who maybe wonder about that movement, much of that movement is centered around, I do this because it builds me up. And Paul specifically says a spiritual gift is given not for you to be built up, but for the sake of the body of Christ to be built up. You're not part of the picture except you're just used of God. That's all. 
And when you have that perspective, then you'll have no problem in extending yourself in your service, even if it costs you your time, your energy, your finances, your health. Because like Paul, you'll be willing to end up in prison because you have been called to be a servant of the church. Now, next time we study this, we're going to look at the specific message that Paul preached as a servant to the church called the mystery. We'll explain what that means. But this is the important part here is you have to make a decision. What changes does this passage of Scripture require of you? See, you must not read the Bible and study it and just go out of here and say, oh, that was interesting. He got excited again today. And you can't do that. That's not the purpose of Bible teaching. You need to say, what does this passage of Scripture require of me in terms of change, in terms of my behavior? Perhaps you need to take the church, this church, because this is where you are, this church more seriously than you have. Perhaps you need to see that the church is not merely a place to attend on Sunday mornings, but it's a people. The church is a people. It's not a building. It's a people. It's God's people who need you to be willing to suffer for them as you serve them. And they'll suffer for you as they serve you. And if you do that, you're going to be doing what God wants. It is God's will that you suffer and serve the church. If you're not doing that, you're just out of the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is? That you suffer and serve the church. And a servant does whatever is required of him. Otherwise, you're not a servant. So as you move away from here, you need to ask yourself, what am I doing? Where do I fit in? What can I do that will really cost me something so that I'm not just sitting and soaking and getting sour and becoming a fat Christian? What can I do? Where can I have Paul's passion, Paul's zeal, Paul's concern? It all starts when you understand you're a steward of what God has given you. It's bow for prayer. This is one of those passages of Scripture that demands a very concrete response. It demands it because it presents Paul as one who was a tremendous servant and sufferer. What about you? If you go away from here and don't do anything about it, shame on you. Shame on you because God has spoken to all of us. This week I've been asking the Lord to help me to be one who's willing to suffer more for the sake of His church, one who's willing to serve more. And I've asked myself, what does my ministry really cost me? You need to ask yourself those same things. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to come to Him. You need to repent of your sins. You need to trust Him as you yield and surrender your life to Him. And He'll make you a part of His church, and then you'll have the glorious privilege of serving as well. If you'd like to speak to somebody about trusting Christ, I invite you to come up after the service. The doors right by the organ, just go through those doors and somebody will be there to speak to you. And also, maybe you're a believer and you just need to get alone and pray and meditate on these truths. You're invited to come up after too and just go through those doors. You go right to the choir room and just sit there quietly, wait upon the Lord, meditate. That's certainly open for you. Father, thank you for your word. It's so direct, Lord. It's so specific. It's so applicable. I thank you for a man like Paul, a man, Lord, who, while being brilliant intellectually, was not one who was pampered, was not one who expected to be served, but one who laid down his life like his master. 
And I pray that we would be like that, Lord, that we would do whatever is necessary, that we would suffer and we would serve and that we would love the church, that we would have a fresh biblical look at the church and not see it in a stereotyped way and not see it as people who maybe rub us the wrong way, but as the body of Christ who Jesus purchased with his own blood. I pray that you'll raise up, Lord, a whole body here of 400 ministers who are active and serving, regardless of the cost, people who don't complain, people who are determined that you've gifted them, and it's a stewardship from you. And we do this, Lord, because we are compelled. We say with the Apostle Paul, woe is me if we don't serve to stewardship. And I thank you for that. I thank you that we serve you and that you are the head of the church. Lord, help us to make the proper biblical responses and decisions today. And I pray that you'll draw to yourself those who need Jesus as Lord and Savior. We pray this in Christ's name. I appreciated Pastor Steve's thoughts at the end of today's broadcast. The gifts God has given to us are not for building ourselves up, but instead for building up the body of Christ. He also mentioned that when we read God's Word or hear it, we should be paying attention to those things God is asking us to change in our lives. There was a lot to chew on today, so if you would like to chew on it some more, I'd suggest you head over to versebyverseradio.org and sign up for the Verse by Verse podcast. Then you will be able to listen if you can't catch it over the air, and you can go back and listen to those things that might require some deeper thought. And please, Join us next time for Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.